Respiratory Section 1, 2 of 7, Innervation of the Upper Airway. The innervation of the upper airway is extraordinarily complex. If you want to know all there is to know about this topic or any other, you will want to consult a primary text. Our job is to give you a high-yield review of the concepts you'll need for your exam. It is essential that you know the sensory innervation of the entire airway, as well as the motor innervation of the larynx. Be sure you can apply this information to fiber optic intubation. Let us start with the superior laryngeal nerve. The superior laryngeal nerve branches off the vagus nerve just beyond the jugular foramen at the skull base. At the level of the hyoid, it divides into the internal and external branches. The internal branch penetrates the thyrohyoid membrane between the greater cornu of the hyoid bone. The external branch enters the cricothyroid muscle. Next would be the, right, the recurrent laryngeal nerve. The recurrent laryngeal nerve branch off the vagus inside the thorax. Again, the recurrent laryngeal nerve is also a branch of the vagus inside the thorax. The right recurrent laryngeal nerve loops under the subclavian artery, while the left recurrent laryngeal nerve loops under the aortic arch. After looping under these vascular structures, both nerves ascend the tracheoesophageal groove to join the larynx. Due to its location in the thorax, the left recurrent laryngeal nerve is more susceptible to injury. These are the sensory innervation of the airway that I have to know by heart. First that we're going to talk about is trigeminal nerve or cranial nerve number five. It has three it has three parts. It has the V1, V2, V3. V1 is the ophthalmic or the anterior ethmoidal. It controls the nares and anterior one-third of the nasal septum. V2 is the maxillary or the sphenopalatin. It controls the sensory innervation of the turbinates and the septum. V3 is the mandibular or the lingual, sensory innervation of the anterior two-thirds of the tongue. Next nerve would be glossopharyngeal or the cranial nerve number 9. It controls the sensory innervation of the oropharynx, soft palate, tonsils, posterior one-third of the tongue, anterior side of the epiglottis, vallecula, and afferent limb of the gag reflex. Next would be the superior laryngeal nerve. External branch, zero. It does not control any sensory because that's only motor. Next, internal branch, posterior side of the epiglottis, the level of the vocal cords. The true vocal cords are ligaments, so they are not innervated. Next is the recurrent laryngeal nerve, sensory innervation below the level of the vocal cords, which is the trachea. Next is what are the motor innervations of the larynx? Let's talk about the superior laryngeal nerve external branch. It's the cricothyroid muscle. These tenses the vocal cords. The internal branch of the superior laryngeal nerve has zero motor innervation because those are only sensory. And then the recurrent laryngeal nerve, all intrinsic muscles except for the cricothyroid muscles. Again, recurrent laryngeal nerve has controls all the motor innervation of the all the intrinsic muscle except for the cricothyroid muscle because the cricothyroid muscle is controlled by the external branch. Okay? Clinical presentation of laryngeal nerve injury. The superior laryngeal nerve injury, the superior laryngeal nerve external branch innervates the cricothyroid muscle. 
This muscle is thought to be the tuning fork for the voice. Injury to the trunk of the superior laryngeal nerve or the external branch causes hoarseness because the vocal cords cannot be tense. Recurrent laryngeal nerve injury. You must know the difference between unilateral and bilateral injury as well as acute and chronic injury. You must also know which condition requires emergency airway management. Unilateral injury of the recurrent laryngeal nerve results in paralysis of the ipsilateral vocal cord abductor. This does not cause respiratory distress. Acute bilateral injury of the recurrent laryngeal nerve results in bilateral paralysis of the vocal cord abductors. This favors a dangerous situation where the tensing action of the cricothyroid muscle act unopposed. Therefore, the patient with an acute injury to both recurrent laryngeal nerves is at risk for stridor and respiratory distress. The patient requires intubation on a surgical airway. Chronic injury is well tolerated and does not cause respiratory distress. Recurrent laryngeal nerve injury either side, external pressure from endotracheal tube, external pressure from LMA, thyroid surgery, parathyroid surgery, neck stretching, tumor, and recurrent laryngeal nerve injury left side only, anything that has to deal with the heart, so PDA ligation, left atrial enlargement, aortic arch aneurysm, and thoracic aneurysm. So the recurrent laryngeal nerve left side is more prone to anything that you, you prepare the heart, but recurrent laryngeal nerve injury, whether it's a right or left, so either side or anything, ang neck, and then the, the pressure from the LMA and endotracheal tube.